0: Back to the episode. It's YouTube science, it just works, right? So I was like, why don't you guys use some brighter colors or the brighter versions of the colors of your color palette because those kind of evoke energy, enthusiasm in the viewer, the watcher, the person looking at the email, excitement, you know? And so do that to get more clicks. It did work. So I have a client who's consulting with me on their evergreen funnel. Actually they hired me to take their live launch that they did earlier this year, much earlier this year, and then convert it into an evergreen funnel that converted for them. So that's what we started out doing. And there was a problem. There's always a problem by the way, this is a mindset shift that should happen. When you're taking something that you live launched and putting it evergreen, it's just going to be different. Conversion rates will be lower. And along the way to getting conversion rates up to where you need them to be and where they should be, you will have challenges to face. So, this problem was that we knew their webinar would convert because actually, when they did a quote unquote live launch, it was still with a pre recorded webinar. And so since we were setting things up in a similar way, like we knew that it would convert. But when they did it, quote unquote, live, they had 33% of their webinar registrants watching the webinar. But as they first set up their funnel, and I advised them some, we noticed that there weren't enough people watching the webinar. Only 19% of the leads were watching the webinar. And so we had to increase that Percentage. And here's what I advise them to do. And here's what they did. So the first thing that we noticed after we dove, dived, delved, which one is it? A technically, dive is jumping into water, right? And delve is going further into a situation. But I just don't like seeing the word delve because something about the academicness of that just turns me off. I don't know. So when we dove into this, <laughs> One thing we noticed was that well, one thing that I noticed was that they had email logic set up, meaning a registrant would sign up for their webinar, go to the thank you page, the thank you page would tell them to go to their email. And then in that first initial email that says, Hey, here's your webinar, they would have to actually click on a link, and then go watch the webinar. And you know, I let the client set up their funnel like this because they had it set up like that before. But my gut and then later on the data was telling me and telling them it wasn't working. So what did we do? Well, first what we did is I advised them to put the webinar right on the thank you page. And now that presented an issue though, right? Because if the webinar is on the thank you page, then well, the reason they had the email logic was so that if somebody clicked the link in their first email to go watch the webinar, then a sales sequence could also be triggered that would start showing up in the leads inbox. Thus, there was, because of this email logic, if somebody did not click the webinar link, then they kept getting, let's call it, a re-engagement sequence or replay sequence that would try to get them to watch the webinar instead of trying to sell to the lead. But the issue is just that people weren't clicking. So I advised them, put the webinar on the thank you page and then have one email sequence that sequence could do double duty of selling their offer. But also in the first several emails of that sequence, it could also get people to watch the webinar. And the strategy then would be, rather than have two separate email sequences, we just had to assume in the one email sequence that somebody had not watched the webinar. And so we had to balance the line between catching somebody up to speed on what the webinar educated them on and brought them to the awareness that they needed the offer but do that with just the written word and email different challenge but it could be done by the way the result was favorable What from the changes that we made so that was one thing get more eyeballs on the webinar cool done all right, the next thing we did was I started looking in their actual emails and I noticed some things that need to change. One thing was that there were thumbnails, like pictures embedded in the emails and then the pictures linked to the webinar, but the pictures were boring. I mean, so they had a color palette, but the pictures were using muted colors. I'm gonna take a quick little segue into colors and then I'm gonna come back and tell you what we did to change the thumbnails. You know, when it comes to choosing like colors on your color palette, you have these concept of cool colors and warm colors within a brand. And it's essential to understand like the psychology and like the emotional associations, very simply stated because I like to be simple. I am simple, is that okay to say that? Cool colors evoke feelings of trust, you know, professionalism, stability. You know, the big corporations tend to use cooler colors and warmer colors encompass shades, you know, like red and yellow and oranges, whereas cool colors like blues and greens and purples, right? And warmer colors just make you excited. They energize you. Okay, so for this client's brand, we were looking at the thumbnails and I'm like, more people need to see the webinar, therefore more people need to click. Therefore, let's apply the same lessons that I've learned from YouTube world over the years. In my previous business, Elementary Chinese, I built a YouTube channel to 20,000 subscribers. And there's still people subscribing, even though that business is now dead and abandoned. And so what I told the client is, is we need to make these thumbnails clickable and enticing. Let's upgrade the wording on the thumbnails to not just be the title of the webinar, but use wording that attracts clicks, right? Not in a clickbait way, but in a way that does a lot better of attracting than just kind of stating what the webinar is or the webinar title, you know? Maybe we're gonna use some outcome-focused language. Okay, cool also change the colors. A color palette is a color palette, right? And so I advise the client to switch from the muted colors because muted colors are more softer, they're more subdued, they do convey a sense of sophistication of calmness of subtlety, but muted colors don't necessarily get lots of clicks. Like it's reserved. It's understated. In the YouTube world, though, you want to actually saturate your colors on your thumbnail a little bit and turn up the brightness and turn up the contrast. It's YouTube science. It just works, right? So I was like, why don't you guys use some brighter colors or the brighter versions of the colors of your color palette because those kind of evoke energy, enthusiasm in the viewer, the watcher, the person looking at the email, um, excitement, you know. And so do that to get more clicks. It did work. Also, I had them add clearer call to actions in the email and put some of those call to actions up near the top, because what was happening was it was a very understated click to get this thing, their offer at the end of the email. And this next point, I'll tell you what happened too that was kind of hurting their click through rate. But I was like, first of all, we need to have a button and we need to have a very specific call to action, click the link below to go to the sales page kind of call to action, rather than just embedded call to actions. And what I say by embedded call to action is when you have like a paragraph, and the paragraph is saying this thing, and it mentions your course name, and then you take the course name, and you turn that course name just into a link. But the link is a standard underlined color. It may be blue, you know, Kajabi likes to make underline colors purple. I don't know why, because purple isn't a standard color that you would think for an underline, like for a link, but that is like low key call to action. It's not in your face. And I was like, there needs to be a very clear call to action because some people just miss it. Or maybe they think that you underlined text within a paragraph just for emphasis, especially because now a lot of email Service providers allow you to change text, to bold text, to make text look pretty. And all of a sudden, it's like our readers aren't primed just with boring black text anymore. Remember how the old school email editors used to be? Like you could type in black text. You could make it bigger. And if you underlined it, it was blue and underlined. If you made it into a link, I would say it was blue and underlined. So they did that. And they added multiple call to actions near the top and at the bottom. And I think a couple of times in the ps too. And then the one thing after reading their email sequence, I told them, quit reteaching the webinar content in the email. Because what I perceived that was happening was people were opening the emails just fine. But then there's only two scenarios, right? Either somebody had watched the webinar, in which case the first more than a page length of email they read was the same thing they learned in the webinar. So they're like, click away. I already learned this in the webinar. Why am I even going to read this again? And since there was no call to action to buy anything, except for a way at the bottom, people were not making it to the bottom of that email. I hope this helps you. If this does help you, leave a review on the podcast, please. There is a link in the show notes below and I would appreciate if you leave that review. So then inside of the email, people were not reading because they already saw the webinar and the email was reteaching what the webinar taught. That's not the job of the emails, by the way. The other scenario was, okay, maybe they hadn't watched the webinar yet. So they open an email and they start getting some value from the email but maybe they still don't read to the end where a call to action is to go to the sales page. Now, there could be a number of reasons in this client's case. It was because that email was long and it really was reteaching what was being taught in the webinar. And so I asked the client point blank, like, look, here is the current status of the funnel. 19% or like less than 19%, I think are viewing the webinar. We need 30%, 33% to view the webinar is teaching in the email going to get them to go back to the webinar and is what you're teaching or writing in the email is that going to do just as good of job as preparing somebody to buy as the webinar does and the answer was like no okay so then let's not reteach in the email let's do a simple like teaser much like a movie trailer a good movie trailer by the way i'm sick of all these movie trailers that basically take Five minutes and they're the whole movie, but just cut up into a smaller sequence. Like, where's the old school movie trailer that teases the real movie in a way that makes you want to go watch the real movie, not in a way that helps you decide if the real movie is good or not? And where are the movies that are good? I'm like, If you're in Hollywood and you're a producer, it's not like the art of producing has changed that much. So there's scores of great movies. How come movies are still coming out in the 21st century that suck? Anyway, back to the email. So I'm like, let's change these emails. Instead of teaching again in the email, let's go for what is most impactful about the webinar and tease that with a button to go and watch the webinar again. So the client did that and what happened at the end was that we got that watch rate from I think 19% like immediately in the first week after making these changes. It crept up above like 27% and I think it's on its way. It is on its way to 33% and that is what I want you to take away. Please go back and listen to this episode again. I hope this finds you well. It's a Friday and in tradition. It's a quick tip, but this is a funnel fix Friday. Follow those steps. Hopefully you're not committing the same ones to fix your funnel. And until the next episode, be blessed. Bye.